the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Well, uh, this is how we fight our battles. It may look like we're surrounded, but we're actually surrounded by Jesus. We fight our battles by trusting in the one who holds eternity in his hands and the one who holds us in his hands if we've given our heart to him now if you're if you haven't given your heart to jesus i don't know what you're trusting in oh that's that's trying to stand on some shaky ground right there but before you leave you can know that you know that jesus is the lord of your life because he don't want you going through life wondering and guessing and hoping he's already made a plan he's already came and died on the cross and paid for your sins he's already made a way where there was no way so that you can walk in the way and the truth and the life and you can walk your way all the way you can like i said at a funeral yesterday you can make reservations for heaven you can have your name written in the lamb's book of life already know that you know that you know so hope hopefully before you leave today you will know let's go to the lord in prayer Father, I know that you have given me a word for today. And I just pray that it sinks deep into the heart of every listener. I pray that I have a mouth as the very oracles of God. I speak from the throne today, Father, words that you gave me that will penetrate rhema from heaven that some of us may already know that but, but that's something that needs to be reignited and a fresh fire started and built on the inside of us about how to make a difference with our life, Lord. We thank you that you are in control today. We love you and we depend wholly upon you. And we open our ears to hear what your spirit would say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, today I wanted to start off talking about Peter. You, you guys all know Peter in the Bible, right? He's one of the apostles. But I want to start late in the Bible in John chapter 21 where old Peter's just walking along the bank of the Sea of Galilee, kicking a rock probably the way I see it. And he just looks heavy. Well, he's got a lot on his mind. A lot has happened in the previous days. Jesus has already been crucified and resurrected, but if you remember, Peter's heavy about some things that transpired. And Peter says... He looks around. He don't really know where to go from here. Have you ever got to that place in your life? Well, life has not really worked out the way I had imagined. He thought to himself and he said, I go a fishing. That's King James language for I'm going fishing. He said, I go a fishing. And he had a couple other disciples around with him. You know, Peter was kind of a leader of the disciples. They, they looked to him, and he had some hanging around with him and wondering what he was going to do. He said, I go a-fishing. We say, we go a-fishing too. And so they get in the boat, and they head back on the sea. Poor Peter. Peter's distraught at this point in his life. He's coming to a reckoning of himself. 
And like I say, sometimes in our lives we get to a place where we got to reevaluate and and look back to so we can see how we got to where we are so we can think about where we're going tomorrow. See, Peter had already made a big garden decision. You know what I mean by a garden decision? You remember Adam made the big decision in the garden? That was a big decision. You remember Jesus was in the garden? He made the decision, not my will, but thine be done. Big garden decision. And I think there comes a time in every person's life where they get to a garden decision. And see, Peter had been in the garden with Jesus praying when the Roman soldiers came to get him. And Peter's big garden decision was to pull out his sword and cut off the Roman soldier's ear or the high priest's servant's ear, Malchus. And he got rebuked for it. Jesus said, man, I'm just paraphrasing, Jesus didn't say man, but I often do that. (laughs) But I try to put it in language we can understand. That's not the way we operate, Peter. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. And so Jesus rebuked Peter. And so then they took Jesus, and Peter's wondering what the world's going on because he hadn't been listening. Jesus had been trying to tell the disciples in some detail that he was going to be crucified and that on the third day we'd be resurrected. But if you remember, Peter was the one who had to rebuke Jesus, said, No, you're not. (laughs) Never a good idea to rebuke God. So Peter's was confused, and then when they took Jesus, and then they started telling Peter, are you with him? He denied Jesus three times. It happened fast. Peter don't even know what hit him. I mean, earlier in the night, he had said, I will never leave you. I'm always with you, Jesus, even if it cost me my life. And now here, he's been rebuked by Jesus. He's denied him three times. I go a-fishing. And some people get like that in their Christian walk. Things don't make sense. I thought I was following Jesus. I thought I was doing good, but how did I end up like this? It seems like I've betrayed Jesus. It seems like I'm not doing things right. Peter had failed Jesus. He had turned to the sword, and then he had denied his Lord. He denied his Lord because he sought self-preservation over self-sacrifice. And many times we do the same. He tried to walk with Jesus, but he still wanted to call the shots. He wanted Jesus to be his Savior, but not his Lord. And that's why a lot of Christians these days are saying, I go a-fishing. Because I tried the Christian thing, but you still wanted to call the shots. You never went whole hog. You never went all in. And so you're surprised when your flesh acts out and you deny Jesus or you find yourself in a predicament. Why did things get so crazy so fast? Am I making any sense? Peter said, I go a fishing. And he didn't realize that he's right back where he started with no cause bigger than himself. Right back in the same old boat, so to speak. 
See, he had lived as a fisherman when he started out life. All of us had took off on our own course. But when he had met Jesus, he thought something had changed. And so now that his version of Christianity didn't work out, he figures, I, I go back to the only thing I know. The bad part about it is, he's taking a bunch of other disciples with him. Weaker disciples. And we got to be careful. Three years earlier in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, it started like this. Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee and he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother. And they were casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You remember that? Do you think Peter or Jesus was trying to tell Peter the secret to truly making a difference with his life? Are y'all listening to me today? Because the first thing that Jesus told Peter probably needs to be the, the main thing that he builds his life around. Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. I know you've been a fisherman, but I'm going to show you how to make your life count. Today's message is part four in our series. And the last one of this series called Making a Difference. Can I get the discipleship wheel that we've been looking at each week? Part four, making a difference. How many wants your life to make a difference? How many is saying, I just want to go a fishing? Put your hand down, John. Put your... Some of you thinking, when I get out of here, I'm going to fishing. No. All right, we've been talking about this all four weeks because, as you've noticed, the first message in this series was knowing God. The second one was finding freedom. Last week was a journey of discovery to discover your purpose. And this week is making a difference. And this is so important. We're just trying to break it down. Say, break it down. No. We're just, we're just trying to break it down to make everybody get on the same page about what church is all about. What discipleship is all about. What Christianity is all about. First, it's knowing God. We talked about how with, without knowing God, none of these rest of them will work at all. That's the first and foremost thing. Then once we know God, we say, something wrong with me. <laughs> We see God in all His glory, all of a sudden we realize, i got to find some freedom from all these things that have held me captive, this sin. We begin to find freedom, and when we do, we look around and say, I'm free, now what do I do? And you discover your purpose in this life. And you got gifts and callings, and as God begins to reveal them to you, you're saying, how do I put them in action and make a difference? Is everybody following along? So today we're at Make a Difference. So what's the big secret? Everybody's saying, how do I make a difference? What do I do? Well, I think the secret is within the circle. Because the circle is all-encompassing. I think making a difference with your life is helping somebody else know God. It's helping somebody else find freedom. It's helping somebody else discover their purpose so that they can be an up-and-running disciple and make a difference. It's all within the circle. But what about the fishers of men thing? Well, here's where my little pea brain entered in the equation. Could you hit the next slide? 
I kind of see it like this. God tells us to be fishers of men. And so to make a difference, we got to catch some fish. All right? To help them find freedom, we clean the fish. To help them discover purpose, we prepare the fish. I got any fish fryers in here? And making a difference, we fry the fish. And nobody, y'all clapping, not a person in here knows what frying the fish means. What are you talking about, frying the fish? Well, I'm going to tell you that later, but I got I to gotta beat around the bush a little bit before I get straight on into frying the fish. Some of us won't eat the fish. We're going to talk about that too, believe it or not. <laughs> in Acts 10, 38, it says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, not some far-off Holy Spirit, some far-off power, same power and the same Holy Spirit that we have. And then Jesus went around doing good. Now, if you wanted to put the message in a nutshell, there you go. Go around doing good. That's how you make a difference. Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit with power, went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him, and God is no less with you. God is with you as much as you allow him to be with you, as much as you surrender to him and be filled with his Holy Spirit. Jesus did nothing but come down and show us the, the true God of heaven. He was the image of the invisible God. He was showing us how God is like, how compassionate, and how loving. He showed us what true love is supposed to look like, how true love acts. And one of the things he did so clearly is he destroyed all justification for division. What are we dividing about down here? Politics, race, class, even gender now. What are we dividing about? He destroyed all justification for division and for lives lived only to self. Because see, it's self that's only thinking about self and, and wants to click up and divide up into groups. And Jesus is saying, you guys are missing the point. Look at my life. In Mark 10, 45, it says, For even the Son of Man came not to, to be served, but to serve others and to give His life as a ransom for many. And you know when He says the Son of Man, man, that's just a super humble way for God to say God. Well, you could say, for even God came not to be served. You understand, Jesus is God in the flesh. And He didn't come to be served, but to serve. I think about Him at the Last Supper. You know, He's the one fixing to be crucified. He's the one fixing to sweat great drops of blood for the, the amount of pressure on His life. And He kneels down and washes their feet. As an example to how we're supposed to love one another. No one ever made as much difference in this world as that humble little baby born in a manger. 
who grew up to be just a, a regular guy, a, a, a carpenter. But in his 33 years, he changed the entire world. He altered time, space, and dimension as we know it. He altered time. I mean, even today, we, we, we declare time as B.C. and A.D. Before Christ and Anno Domini, which means after his birth. I mean, the moment he was born, time split. And I look at my life. It's B.J. and A.J. Before Jesus and after Jesus. And I don't even want to think about that guy before Jesus. See, Jesus divides time. And you probably look at your life before Jesus and now after Jesus. Jesus divides space. Time, space, and dimension. He shows you why you're taking up space down here. Why you're breathing. Dimension. He takes us into a bigger world than we can see. He tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. He tells us not to look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, which are eternal in the heavens. He shows us the Holy Spirit. He gives us the Holy Spirit and brings us into a new dimension. We're no longer mere human beings. But we're children of God, kings and priests unto our Father, filled with the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in my mortal body. The works that he did shall I do also, and greater works than these shall I do. Because he's sitting at the right hand. And his Holy Spirit is in my life. And his Holy Word is at my access. It's probably in your lap. Turn to Titus chapter 4. It's a little small book in the back of the Bible. Is God good? Just as sure as Titus is behind 2 Timothy, he is. <laughs> Titus, chapter 2, verse 14. He gave us his life to free us from every kind of sin. You know Jesus, you find freedom. He gave us His life to free us from every kind of sin and to cleanse us and to make us His very own people. And this is what I wanted to get to. Totally committed to doing good deeds. Totally committed. How many of you wake up in the morning and say, what can I do good today? Or do you wake up thinking about your schedule and woe is me and how you can get this thing you got your eyes caught up in. And... But no, Jesus came to make us His very own people, a people totally committed to doing good deeds. How many of you feel so good when you've done something good for somebody? How would you like to feel like that all the time? What's stopping you? What's stopping us? There's a battle going on, isn't it? 
See, we, Jesus only used the same power that we have available. He used the Holy Spirit, the Holy Scriptures, a holy separation from the things of the world unto His Holy Father. A lot of holies. See, that's what holy means, a separation. And Jesus used the power of love perfected through relationships. The power of love. The most powerful force in all of creation. Perfected through relationships. Like Kirsty's, or who was it said this morning already? Somebody said, or in prayer, Miss Brenda prayed about the time where somebody came to Jesus and says, your mother and your brother and your sisters are outside wanting to see you. And Jesus said, I'll tell you who my mother, my brother, and my sisters are. They're all of these who are here to do God's will. And you didn't sit in a room with Jesus and not feel a kinship and a relationship to Him. He made you feel family. He is always ever drawing people. All races, all nations, all tongues, all dialects, all classes. As many as will call upon His name, He'll save. Everyone feels a kinship if they get to know Jesus. Jesus is the Good Shepherd who lays down His life for the sheep. Have you ever seen the sheep? They can recognize their shepherd's voice. They come running. They can't wait to see Him. There's a kinship. There's, a, there's something going on. In 2 Corinthians 5.19 it says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself and not counting the people's sins against them. Hallelujah. He came with a purpose to set us free. And He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. He's, in, he's involving us in the process. That's what the church is all here for. So that we can carry on the work of God. The Apostle Paul says in Colossians 1.24, he said, I'm glad when I suffer for you in my body. He's talking to the Colossian church. And believe me, Apostle Paul knew a little bit about suffering. He said, but I'm glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. See, the things that, that happen down here, they're going to require something of us. They don't just fall into your lap. You don't just cross the Jordan and walk into the promised land and, there, and all the demons say, okay, you can have my house, I'm leaving. Somebody's got to tend those gardens after you drive those demons out. There's a battle to be fought. As long as we're on this earth, we need to understand that we're warriors for Christ. You warriors are saying, oh, oh, oh. Hallelujah. See, some of us want an easy Christianity where there's no fighting for it. Well, isn't Jesus the Prince of Peace? He's not the Prince of Peace between God and the devil. He's the Prince of Peace between man and God. And we belong to God and we fight the devil. He came to bring a sword. 
to divide light and dark. His Word divides even the joint and the marrow. The truth and a lie. There is a fight down here. And we got to fight for what we believe. And we got to suffer. Be willing to suffer. Sometimes suffering is just, well, I wanted to do this, but someone so called me and they need me to help them. And I'm going to put down self and I'm going to go over here and help them. Because I go about doing good. Because Jesus came down here to, to make sure I can be with on his team and to do good. Will your life make a difference? I bet you everyone in here right now is saying, I want it to. I want it to. But is your life making a difference? And if it's not making a difference now, what is your plan for your life to begin to make a difference? When are you going to start? Does that discipleship will mean anything to you? Oh, that's something pastors doing at church. I don't really understand it. It's probably because you're not paying attention. It's, it's so simple you couldn't not understand it. If you're paying attention, well, that's just something he put together. Is it really? Knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose, making a difference, that's things I made up. Boy, I'm smart. <laughs> You want to make a difference? The answer lies in whether you'll take up your cross. You see, it's the cross that is the message of reconciliation. And you're called to be ambassadors for Christ. You've been given the message of reconciliation. Reconciliation just means you reconcile people to God. You, make, you set the account straight. You help them discover Jesus the way you did. You make things right between You bring peace. You're a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall inherit the earth. You're reconciling people to God. And you've got to know about the cross so that you can tell them about Jesus. But you've got to take up your cross. Because it, it means bearing your cross and laying down your life for someone else. Just as Jesus did. Maybe not in the same exact manner, but willing to at least put aside your things at some point, and become a fisher of men. I wrote a statement. There is no one born insignificant. Would you agree with that? There is no one born insignificant. Only those who become insignificant because of self-centeredness. There's no one born insignificant. Only those who become insignificant because of self-centeredness. We're like those little kids. Maybe you've had little kids and they're over there, my toy, man, man. And the other kids are like, I just want to play with you. No, man, man. And they're holding on to mine. They don't realize that toy ain't going to be very fun by yourself. 
The joy comes in sharing that toy and playing together well with others. How has saying, man, man, like those birds on Finding Nemo, man, 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 man. How has saying man all these years and building your kingdom instead of God's, how has that made your life any better to this point? Man, if that's all there is to life, I go a fishing. I think many of, of us are coming to a place where we realize that the, the world doesn't revolve around me. Man used to think that the sun revolved around the earth. No, we revolve around the sun. Climbing the corporate ladder, stepping on people like they're just another rung to your success. And keeping up with the Joneses, working 80 hours a week, just trying to say, look at me and what all I've done and what all I've accomplished here on the earth. Fighting for my share. Suing folks. Breaking up families over inheritance that'll be here today and gone tomorrow. How is any of this making our lives any better? What will they say about old guy when he's gone? Well, he made a lot of money. He had a lot of toys, but he wouldn't let anybody play with them. Some of you still got plastic on your couch, like you're taking it with you to heaven. Let somebody sit on your couch, okay? Get your good china out for somebody. But he sure was lonely and bitter. And he became angry because self always does those things. Thinking about self, self always implodes. Self drives you to, to despair and a whole bunch of other D words. Depression. You become self-absorbed. Full of self-pity, self-doubt, self, 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 self. Mine, mine, mine. Self, self, self. You know what people will say about you when you're gone? I hope I get his stuff. <laughs> Save it all up because somebody else is going to get it. Man, I'm telling you real plain and clear. Life ain't about self. You can make it about self. It's easy. Self automatically defaults to self. But that ain't what we're supposed to do. Matthew 16, 25, Jesus says, For whoever desires to save his life or to have self will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Give up self like Jesus did and find eternal life. The Bible says because he was willing to humble himself, even to, the, to a death on our cross, that, and, and go to the lowest parts of the earth, God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every other name. The way to rise in God's kingdom is to fall to your knees and humble yourself. I'm just preaching real good, don't mind me. Life begins the day self steps down from the throne. Somebody's saying, I want to make a difference. Life begins the day self steps down from the throne. That's where life is found. Not in an old dead man. 
You don't find life in an old dead man that should have been crucified with Christ. It wasn't until I died that I had life. I died to myself and let somebody else on the throne of my life. I gave my life in exchange for Jesus' life. He gave His life in exchange for my life. We, we can't hold on to the dead things any longer. Self is something that should have died. Paul said, I die daily. And when I hear that creaking noise of self trying to get up out of the casket, I slam the door on that lid back down. I'm, self, you stay where you're supposed to be. I'm up here exalting Christ. I'm up here loving folks. I'm up here living the true life. Today self steps down from the throne is the day you begin the journey towards making a difference. You got good intentions. We all got good intentions. Great. I'm glad we got good intentions, but good intentions don't make a difference. Only correction in the direction of your affection makes a difference. A correction in the direction of your affection. You don't get to Nashville with good intentions. You get to Nashville by heading east. A change in your direction. Amen? I'm about to ready to close because I know y'all hungry. There's a little monster in there self saying, feed me, feed me. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ living in me. And the life which I now live in this flesh, I live by faith. Faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave His life for me. See, there's a difference. I'm not living for self. I died to self and now Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave His life for me. The grand exchange. And how could I dare say now I go a fishing? How could I go back and say I go a fishing? I go back to the old way. Okay, so you made a mess of your Christianity several times up until this point. Join the club. We didn't know these things. We tried to boss Jesus around. Okay, I want your salvation, but I'm, gonna, I'm still going to do it my way. And then we made a mess. And now we feel like, oh, Jesus is mad at me. What I'm going to do? I go a fishing. And we get back in the boat. Like I said, several disciples came with him. You think you can just go back to the world in, in your own little bubble and it's not going to affect your family and the people around you? You think you can just go back to the world after claiming to be a Christian? Just because you made some mistakes? I'm saying don't give up. 
I'm saying don't go back a fishing. He got back in the boat. He got a bunch of disciples to go with him. And they fished all night. And they caught nothing. And come morning time, I bet Peter's sitting in that boat scratching his head. I kind of remember them as the good old days, but now it's really starting to come back to me. This ain't catching nothing. There's nothing to go back to. And Peter's just sitting there in the boat. And now I done brung these guys with me. We've worked all night and caught nothing. And then John says, It's the Lord. And he points. And Jesus is over on the shore. And something happened to Peter. And I'm telling you, Jesus is on the shore of your life. He's not going to let you run off. He's going to chase you down like He chased those two disciples on the road to Emmaus the day He was raised from the dead. He will chase you down wherever you go. And Peter had the good sense to throw on his coat and jump smooth in the water and swim to Jesus. He didn't wait for them to row over. He, didn't, he jumped in the water and he swam the hundred yards to shore. He got out. He ran up to Jesus. He's sitting there dripping wet and he's just looking at Jesus. He don't know what to say, but he's there because he feels like Jesus ain't through with me yet. He came for me. And Jesus is coming for you today. And he's sitting there and he's just dripping wet. He don't know what to say. And Jesus says, go help them get the fish they just caught. So Peter, he runs. They drag that net ashore full of fish that Jesus had just helped him catch. And, they, and Jesus has some bread cooking over there and they throw the fish on and they're eating. This is after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, you understand. And he's eating with them. And then he looks at Peter. And his first thought is to restore his good friend Peter. He's, he said, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, you know I love you. Jesus says, feed my sheep. Peter, yeah. There is a purpose. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yes, you, you know I love you, Lord. He said, feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Jesus. You know I love you. Why do you keep asking me? You know I love you. Then feed my sheep. He not only restored him for the three times that he betrayed him, he restored a sense of purpose back into Peter's life. He told him the thing he told him from the beginning, be a fisher of men. It's about others. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. That's what life is all about. Peter said, what about him? He said, I don't care what he does. That's not your concern, Peter. You follow me. 
but nobody else wants to do it. I'm the only one that shows up at the church outreach, or I'm the only one. It don't matter. You follow me. Jesus is here to restore you today if you've gotten off track, and he's just he's going to continue to give you a sense of purpose so that your life can make a difference because we are down here and as David would say, is there not a cause? Do you not look around and see that the fields are white to harvest? Do you not look around and see the darkness encroaching? When you have the words of eternal life, do you love me? Turn to Romans 12, and I'm going to close. Romans 12, 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that He has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice. What? My body? My life? Yes. A living? While you're still living, He's not asking you to go die. He's asking you to live for Him. A living and a holy separated sacrifice. The kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Let my life be a living sacrifice. Why did I bring that verse up? You want to know why we fry the fish? Because the altar is the killing place. The altar in the Old Testament was where they cut up the lambs, they cut up the meat, and they threw it on the altar. The altar is the grill! It's where the burnt sacrifice was laid. It's what, where the, they who had given their life were placed on the altar. Holy and a living sacrifice is what God is after today. Someone who will bring their life to the altar. And say, God, I give you my life. I give my life to others so that they may have substance. Jesus said, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part in me. He was talking about sustenance. And we are to give our lives to others as sustenance. Sustenance. We die on that altar so that we may live as a holy sacrifice. Living. That's what it means to fry the fish. You know God. Many of you are finding freedom. Discovering purpose. There's going to come a day 
When you're going to have to make the decision to go to the altar and say, not my will, God, but yours. You're having a garden decision right here, right now, this moment, maybe. Is it going to be me? Or is it going to be you on the throne of my life? Am I going to tell you what to do? Am I going to rebuke Jesus when, it, when His Word doesn't line up with mine? Am I going to be like Adam and think maybe there's, maybe there's something else? Maybe God is holding back. Maybe I can have God and my cake too. Or maybe you want more than self can offer. You're not going back a fishing. You have become a fisher of men. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.